Be the change you want to see in the world. Famously said, famous quote of Gandhi. The ends justify the means. Famous quote of Machiavelli. Give me liberty or give me death. A famous quote of Patrick Henry. Well-behaved women seldom make history. A famous quote of Marilyn Monroe. But none of these people, as far as we have records to show, actually said any of these things. Some of them nice things, some of them less nice things. But whether or not they said them doesn't necessarily determine the truthfulness or the goodness of the phrase. Be the change you want to see in the world is a good idea, whether or not Gandhi, who we respect, said it. The ends justify the means, not such a great idea, whether or not Machiavelli actually said it. And as I was thinking about today's sermon, I was thinking about the famous quote from St. Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. Turns out, he didn't actually say that. But that's okay, because it's a good saying. And we see the truth of it in today's gospel reading and in today's epistle reading. Some people, they get a little bent out of shape with this saying, maybe in both ways. Because there's, of course, this ambiguity that maybe it's never necessary to use words. And so some people go too far kind of saying, no, we should never have to talk about our faith. And then some people react to that and say, no, of course you have to use words. What a silly idea that it, that it is only sometimes necessary that you use words, which of course diminishes the possibility that you would live your life in such a way that you would be preaching the gospel. But of course, this is exactly what Christ tells us to do in today's gospel reading. Let your light so shine before men. Why? You. All of us. He's not talking just to the disciples here. This is, a this is from the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to a, a great crowd that has gathered. Yes, you. All of you. You are the light of the world. All of us illumine the world with our lives. Christ says, by your good works you illumine the world, that men may see them and glorify your Father who is in heaven. But of course this does not alleviate the responsibility of also having to talk about our faith. In today's epistle to Titus, the, the translation said, 
I, uh, the, the saying is sure, and I desire that you insist on these things. These things we'll talk about in a second because they were what he talked about before we jumped into the epistle. So it's translated, I desire that you insist. The Greek word there for insist is via veveuste. And if you speak even a little bit of modern Greek, you know the word veveos. Is it going to be a nice day outside? Veveos. Are you going to, you know, am I, will I see you at church next Sunday? Veveos. Certainly. Of course. And so what Paul, Paul is telling Titus is that he wants Titus and his church to be certain and to speak with certainty, to speak confidently about these things. To act, to be the light of the world, and to speak confidently about these things. Why? Yes, Christ says, so that men may glorify your Father who is in heaven. And St. John Chrysostom says this isn't just a one-time thing. Somebody sees, you know, some good work you do and they go, oh, glory to God. That's not, what he, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying so that they too may become part of the body of Christ. That they too may join us in being the people in, in also being the light of the world. The thing about fire, as we see in a negative way, is that it spreads very easily. In this case, it's good. If we burn brightly, that fire, that love will spread to others. Before the passage in Titus, St. Paul is telling Titus, you, before Christ saved you, were trapped in foolishness. You were enslaved to passions and pleasures. You spent your days in malice and envy. You were hated and you hated everyone. And now, you have been freed from all of these things because of Christ. You no longer must live in foolishness. You no longer must be enslaved to the passions and pleasures. You no longer must pass your days in malice and envy, and you no longer must hate and be hated. In fact, the opposite of all these things is true. You love and will be loved. You will pass your days in joy and in generosity. We will live in wisdom and enslaved maybe, but to a loving God who desires our freedom and the best for us. This is why we should be the light of the world and why we should speak confidently because we have such a great gift to offer to those still living in hate, in malice, in envy, in foolishness. 
And if we at this time do not feel that we can speak confidently, then we must learn to speak confidently. That is our responsibility. James in his epistle, his parting advice to the churches spread throughout the world, his, his last bit of advice is that everyone should bring those who are outside the community in. Whether they were already a part of the community and have gone astray or not. Ezekiel, the prophet, states it even more uh, scarily. It's pretty intense the way that Ezekiel, that God tells Ezekiel. God says in the, to the prophet Ezekiel, if you see the righteous man act, the unrighteous man acting unrighteously, and he will die because of his unrighteousness, I have warned him, and if you don't warn him, then his blood is on you. He's not responsible for his own unrighteousness. We are. And God says, if you try to warn him, and he responds poorly, don't worry, then it's not on you anymore. You fulfilled your end of the bargain. Whether or not he hears you, that's up to God. But it is our great responsibility to speak confidently about these things. As Paul says, as heirs of eternal life. And these things allow us then to live our life as the light of the world, to speak confidently about the true light of the world, the original light of the world, Christ himself, and to give glory to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.